I'm Brittany Ashley. And I'm Laura Zach. And this is Sicker Sadder World, a podcast where we rewatch Daria and relate it to our current world. Happy evening. I am back among the lucid. Yeah, we are both sober. We are both fully grounded. Yeah, we are both the tether now to our own lives. Things got a little out of control last episode. They sure did. And uh, there were some very kind people on the internet making me feel okay about it. But (laughs) it was definitely a little nerve-wracking to wait for that episode to drop. Oh, it was so much fun to edit. I really do feel um, my most free. I get that. I feel like there's just something that um, plays up the playful, the childlike in me. So I was into it. I also appreciate that when both of us are high, everything is like a puzzle that we've just solved. Oh, absolutely. Everything. Everything's connected. Yeah, totally, bro. I uh, never thought this is a sentence that I would say, but I had a pretty fun lift line. On my way home from work today. Oh, right. You mentioned that earlier, but you were saving it for the cast. No, I think we just changed the subject. Oh, okay. Go on. Tell, tell us then. So I had this uh, Russian man named Gary, and he was kind Sounds of... pretty Russian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was kind of cold to me, and then I, for whatever reason, decided to choose a lift line because, you know, you got to save those extra $4 and just be around more strangers. And... um we had to pick this guy up and he was like on the wrong side of the street. So Gary was like screaming at this person on the phone. And I was like, this is crazy. And then this guy Desmond gets in the car and he's like, I'm sorry, there's just so much going on. And he like started to say some things that I start that I felt were like misogynistic. Like he was like, there's just so many beautiful women. Like, how do you choose? And I was like, ew, I hate this guy. Like, please don't look at me. Please don't talk to me. But then throughout the 45 minute ride, it comes. Damn, 45 minutes from Hollywood. Yeah, girl. Holy shit. Friday at 6.45. Yeah. Um, It comes out that he's just in town. He's a musician. He's like just in town for the week with his girlfriend of three years. And she had other plans. So he decided to make plans with this girl that he went to college with that lives out here. But the girl was like hitting on him constantly. And like, obviously, this is his words, but she tied a cherry stem with her with her mouth that she like licked her hand that she like kept trying to go in and kiss him and was like saying really weird shit and okay for first feedback i have for that is straight people are you okay (laughs) what the fuck but you know what's funny is that they thought i was straight so they kept being like did you do you ever do that to a guy like like what would that even mean i was like (laughs) i'm straight you're like i'm not gonna give away our secret yeah but um but also to me that just conveys like a deep inability to communicate deep tying inability a cherry to be stem? direct tying a cherry stem did you see something just go by the window or is that I just did. me what might that have been i don't know i'm really scared now mm. <laughs> we might get moited <laughs> but you know what it'll be a great app if that happens, there's there's some dude across the street from Brittany who, oh man, you look so scared. I am. I think it's okay. I think it's okay. There's some guy who, who just like stands outside of his apartment and stares at this house at the same time every evening. 
And there was definitely just someone who, like, or something. Sorry, there was something. That was a person, for sure. Did it seem like a blonde head? Yeah. Neither of the people who live upstairs are blonde. Do you want to go outside and see? Or is that, like, the classic first act of a horror movie, like, go investigate mistake? Mm. Do you want me to win the butch off and go check it out? I don't want you to die by trying to prove that you're more butch than I am. But I feel like if my orientation as I go out there is like, hey, sup. Oh my God! off because I heard that scream after I was trying to be tough. <laughs> uh, but a lot happened since you last heard us. There was someone trying to get into Brittany's back door. There was someone who walked outside the window in, in an enclosed yard twice in the dark. There was... Uh, we put the lights on outside to try to see better and then the lights were pulled down seemingly by someone. And then there was someone rattling the front screen door but that was Brittany's girlfriend turns out it was just my neighbor trying to get her laundry but whoo we really put a storyline around it so does she you guys share that laundry area back there yeah oh okay i didn't realize that well anyway that was um some real terror my brain hasn't fully recovered but But aren't you like a little disappointed that it wasn't someone trying to trespass no yeah me neither no (laughs) i'm not in that mode of of being able to fight also this house feels very like enclosed like i don't i I feel like they would have an advantage (gasps) don't say that i'm sorry (laughs) i guess i just mean for me specifically like not living here i don't feel like i have hometown advantage Mm. like you know what i mean yeah but anyways we're alive Mm -hmm. we live to tell the tale and uh yeah i clutched that pepper spray pretty hard yeah and the first thing when kirsten walked in she was like where's my pepper spray i was holding it i was like oh here (laughs) sorry um but what were you gonna say about desmond does it even matter anymore i just helped a guy figure out his life in 45 minutes that's all i wanted to say well if that had been your final act on earth it could be worse yeah he and Gary would have remembered me. They still do. So, season four, episode seven. 
human bonding. Uh, a play on of human bondage, maybe? It is fitting that it's like a sleepover episode when the fear I just felt at the beginning of this episode it reminded was me like, of a sleepover. It reminded me of that level of terror, but like where you have chemically convinced yourself in oh, your yeah. brain that it is true that the that the source of the fear is real. There was a sleepover that we had. I think when I was in either an eighth grader, I was a freshman in high school, and my five best friends were staying over, and. Uh, you had five best friends? Yeah, but trust me, the connections faded with four of them. <laughs> no, with three of them. One being myself. This was like right after my dad got divorced from my first stepmom. And she had like left very abruptly. And she like took all of our shit, including my dog named Buffy. But that's a whole other thing. And it was like one of the first weekends after that happened. And there was like an em there was like an empty room where my stepbrother lived. So we just turned that into like a weird like fort situation. But we were all just like really loopy. We were up late and we all were convinced that my ex stepmom Lynette was like trying to break into the house to take something else. Like we fully like we stayed up until probably like five or six in the morning just like all taking turns on watch like it was very fun playing csi and then we like went outside and we like looked for clues but um i'm not not convinced that lynette was trying to break into the house but either way it was a very were fun you night scared mm, kind of yeah right if she was at that level of trying to break in yeah she was a scary chick she had scary ass bangs really liked lighthouses did you ever have like some rough nights with a Ouija board? Um, we just always knew our friend Danielle was pushing it towards what she wanted. There was, well, there was one whole night with like two of my friends where the Ouija board took on a whole demonic identity. Like we were talking to a nice spirit and then like a demonic spirit took over and like kept saying all this evil shit. And either one of my, either it was real or one of my friends is way more twisted than I ever allowed for. Anyway. I'm going to go with twisted. We'll get to sleepovers later, but Jake wants to go to this conference because Terry Berry Barlow will be there. And Terry what Berry... What a name. That feels like the writers are just letting themselves go yeah. on that one. <laughs> but uh, he owns Pizza Forest, uh, the food chain. And so Jake is just like very into this dude. He's like read his book. He's going there for this, you know, connection. And Helen is going to go with him. So they tell Quinn and Daria that they can each invite a friend over, but Quinn cannot date. And so when Quinn asks Stacy, after she had already turned down the three J's, she asks Stacy if she wants to spend the night. Sandy gets kind of like pissed off about the fact that she invited Stacy over, which it is kind of nice that Stacy is her like closest best friend of those. Yeah, but I've never shipped Sandy and Quinn before this episode. Oh wow! But I yeah. did this episode a little bit. Is it because you see that their feelings towards each other are so similar? Yeah, and there's the moment that comes later that we'll get to that I felt was more loaded than they really yeah. explained. Hate and love are very. Very close to each other sometimes. As we learned last episode. Or we had the, the hints at last episode. Oh, totally. With Tom and Daria. But yeah, Quinn is basically like pretending that she's not going on dates for the weekend to make the guys want her more. 
And so Sandy is like, oh, are you saying that I'm too available? And then sort of finagles her way into an invitation to the sleepover. So it's going to be a fashion club sleepover at the Morgendorfers, which Daria knows for sure she does not want to be present for. And she asks if she can come over to Jane's house. And she sort of presents it in a way where she are, she assumes it'll be a yes. And then Jane's like, oh, actually, I'm going bowling with Tom that night. You can tag along if you want, which is like how unappealing. Like you can be a third wheel if you want. And Daria is very much not into it. And so when we're back at the Morgendorfers, Helen is on a phone call for work and she realizes that she can't go. And so she has to tell Jake that she can't go and he's immediately thrust into, you know, it all comes back to, to Daddy Morgendorfer. Abandonment. Being humiliated fear of heights even which comes later as well it just everything comes back to that and so daria feels so horrible that she decides i'm gonna go with my dad to this weird fucking conference but also she kind of wants to go because it's better than being around for the fashion club coming over she can't hang out with jane and the museum of oddities uh which she wants to check out is right nearby where this conference is going to be and we've always seen that Daria and Jake have the greatest bond of anyone in the family. Oh, yeah. Well, except for Aunt Amy and Daria. Oh, yeah. I mean, the nuclear family. <laughs> Who doesn't have a bond with Aunt Amy? I also noticed that it's interesting that I say Aunt Amy in the context. I think that's you rubbing off on me. I mean, Instead I, of aunt. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I say. But with with Amy, it feels right. When you say Auntie Anne's pretzels, what do you say? I don't think we had that. I think I say Auntie Auntie Anne's. Auntie Anne's, yeah. That doesn't even, that's not even slant rhyme. Auntie Anne's. I don't think it was supposed to be. I don't think it's supposed to be like an alliteration. Oh, it totally is. Are you kidding me? Maybe it's Auntie Anne's. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uncle Anne's doesn't sound very good, does it, Laura? Fair enough. <laughs> so when Helen is, uh, so so Jake and Daria go together and Helen's back at home and she finds out that the case that she was supposed to stick around for, they actually ended up settling. And so she will be around for the weekend. And so Helen decides to stay at her house with the fashion club. She Well, she doesn't know at first. She just knows she's staying home for the weekend and then... Quinn is forced to reveal that three girls are coming over and the way she convinces her mom to let her is by being like, well, I guess we could just go over to Sandy's house because her mom, Linda, will be happy to. And Ellen's like, it's fine. Yeah, not a chance. You think I'd give her that satisfaction? Yeah, she and Linda have the same sort of contentious relationship as Quinn and um, Sandy. And so uh, Jake and Daria are both on a plane on their way to, did we ever catch like which state it's in? I did not grasp if they even set a state, but there's this really sweet scene where Jake is kind of like through VO, he's, he's talking to himself about like, okay, like this is the time that you're going to connect with Daria. You're going to ask her about her interests, blah, blah, blah. Then he just ends up talking about Peanuts. And Daria has kind of the same internal monologue about, like, just tell him that, like, he's doing the best he can, that he's, like, my hero. And then she just ends up talking about peanuts as well. So there's, like, there's a 
cute scene to show that they kind of lack this communication with each other, but it also might be this unspoken communication where they don't have to tell each other those things because they already know it about each other. Does that make sense? Yeah, and like Daria said at one point, she says like, you know, they ca- they they try to bond. They name that they're trying to bond and then she's like, "Well, maybe the fact that we can be in comfortable silence with each other suggests that we already are close." Like the fact that we don't need to mess it up with words. Like she was trying to recontextualize the relationship they already have as being one of under mutual understanding. Yeah, there's nothing weirder than like making the mission to bond with someone because it'll never work. It'll never be that seamless. You kind of bonding happens, I think, when you're not trying to force it. Right. I think bonding happens when you're spending time. And however you fill that time, as long as you're present with the person, is going to contribute to knowing each other, even if it's not like working through a list of questions and finding out about the other person in that way. Like even just sharing space with each other. And I think like when they are both sitting at the kitchen table reading the newspaper, it's like a mutual respect of like we kind of have a similar, like the way we exist in the world is similar. And, like, there's a comfort with each other. Yeah, I feel like there's a weird thing as you kind of get older with parents, which is that you feel like you have to catch up with them, but you also have to, like, put in quality time. And everything just feels so weighted and, like, so much pressure. But I think my favorite moments when I'm hanging out with my dad is just, like, when we're watching TV. And -hmm. it's not, like when we're having like these conversations and what have you been up to and blah, 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 blah. Like, I think it's kind of just existing and doing something that we both want to do and be relaxed around each other. Yeah. I feel like I almost never have a real conversation with my dad. Like the way that he connects with me. I mean, it's simultaneously endearing and a little sad but like he will every time I'm home he has two moves one will be to ask what I'm reading and to tell me what he's reading and to read long passages out loud of what he's reading without my consent but it's fine it's cute and then the other move will be hey Laura what do you think this band is and just play different songs and like see if I know the band fun so it's like trivia Yeah, there's a lot of uh, let me show you, read to you, or play you the artistic work of someone else. You know what I mean? But there's not a lot of like, I don't feel like he really knows who I am, and I certainly don't really know who he is, but it's it's a way that we find the overlap. Yeah, but it, it it is interesting to see the juxtaposition of Jake and Daria, like figuring out that they don't really need to try to nonetheless connect contrasted with Helen back at the house, like first talking to the fashion club and then later talking to the three J's like coding sort of a question about like, so say that you've been going steady with the same guy for 20 years and it used to be really hot, but now it's just so, so what do you do? A runner throughout the series is her 
struggle with their marriage and and with it having lost some of its passion and it just feels like she feels really disconnected from him and that she's willing to disconnect from Quinn and have Quinn be disconnected from her friends so that she could talk about this with these teenagers right as if Quinn wasn't going to know what she was talking about but Quinn didn't actually because Quinn was giving answers in earnest to this hypothetical Mm mm-hmm she was like, break up with him on his birthday or something like that. I think Sandy said that. I also really liked when Quinn was on the phone with Sandy before the sleepover. And she's like, of course, we have three pronged outlets. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that is so funny because the house my parents live in is super old and not all and all the outlets are the two prong. And yeah, I'm curious about what year they started added that third, adding that third hole. I didn't realize that it was in the 90s. I thought the third prong wasn't even a thing yeah yeah i know now with these dongles excuse me (laughs) this is a this is a term i just learned this week it's it's this adapter thing for the iphone because the iphone that i got this past week came like that's the first one that came with a dongle so (laughs) excuse me you know what i'm playing oh no, I'm saying dongle. Did you see that I was trying to air djembe in your direction in the recording? I was too pissed to even notice. I could not believe you wouldn't even give me a smile. I was so on air djembeing. I was just so mad at that day. I had a really bad day at work yesterday. And I came in to like do some recording and and like you can see through the glass and Brittany was sitting there and she was just like sitting there stewing. And like there's this one uh, voice actor who had to do like a fun drummer guy and like who then bangs on some hand drums. And so that was, of course, my cue to do um, air imitation of the two years of African drumming I took in (laughs) high school, which is one of my favorite pastimes is to do the air djembe. Hey, one of my favorite pastimes too, but obviously I wasn't in the mood for even that. You full on held eye contact with me as I goon go to go. (laughs) (laughs) And... And didn't even... I like wasn't... I was convinced you hadn't seen me because I was like, there's no way... There's no way. But it's I fine. was so I, I, dead. I, I understood that it wasn't about me. It wasn't about you. It wasn't about your djembe. I still need to get a real djembe. I agree. I feel like it's crazy that I've been limited to the air for this long <laughs> with my skills. So we get to the hotel that Jake and Daria are staying at and. Their reservation is lost, and then they end up in, like, this shitty room. But while they're going through this hassle with the concierge, they see Jody's parents. And we know that because Daria says, Jody's parents. As yeah, if we were reminding the audience, because it's been a couple seasons since we've seen them. Yeah, and so as we know, Andrew Landon is uh, a businessman, and he has a really big uh, reputation amongst the business world in Lawndale. You can tell that we're so well-versed in... He's a businessman. Business. <laughs> a venture business C-P-P? capital. 
It was a D E A. No, is that law? Is that medicine? I don't know. And uh, my delight in this episode was Michelle, Jody's mom, who has a very similar personality to Jody. And so uh, we actually got to see Michelle and Daria kind of bond the way that we saw Jody and Daria bond in these situations where someone's being a piece of shit. Because we do meet Terry, and uh, he is uh, kind of garbage with that hair and that chin. He's garbage. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I, I also feel like Andrew Landon showed a little bit of some sexist colors when um, there was a bit of tension between he and Michelle where she was emphasizing. You can tell she really misses her career and that she mm-hmm. stopped working to raise Jody's younger brother. And um, she says something about like sending their son to daycare starting next year. And Andrew interjects like, no son of mine is going to daycare. Like it, it seems very like dictated by him. Yeah, totally. Rather than, okay, why don't you take a year off, bro? But I like that she still introduced herself as like, this is who, to Terry, like this is who I am Former in the business Former senior world. VP at US World. Sounds big, guys. I mean, I mean, I've heard of the US. I've heard of the world. I know what a VP is. And seniors get senior privilege. Did you have senior privilege at your college or high school? No. Oh, at my college, there was something called senior privilege, which was really fucked up. It was like... Did you get to leave for lunch or something? You could do anything. And you just said senior privilege. Like, you could go to the front of a line. You could, like, buy your tickets first to something. You could, like, get the best seats at something. And you just go senior privilege... That's absolutely messed up. I know. I mean, it felt pretty good at the time, but I mean. That sounds like a an exercise that you would do with a class like for a day, but yeah, not like a full right. year. Like an, yeah, exactly. Or that you'd have to like go through for three years. a sociological experiment to yeah. like demonstrate. Yeah. Like this is what it's like to have blue eyes. Mm-hmm. Now go throughout your day with blue eyes. Yeah, it's very rape culture. Oh, entirely. Because yeah. I also bet a lot of the women didn't do it because they're like, why would I do that? I'm not a fucking piece of shit. You did it. Hey, I'd been waiting for four years. Three years. Wow. That- How does it feel, internalized misogyny? Um, I usually only like would cut like guys, though. All right, cool. <laughs> Sandy's giving Helen a makeover. Oh, is she? Or a make under. I mean, she looks like a mess when she's done. She kind of looks like, what was that woman in the Drew Carey show? Oh, yeah. I didn't watch that religiously, but I know visually. Neither did I. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I wasn't the president of that fan club. Some people in this room, but. My favorite shows, Buffy, Daria, the Drew Carey show. (laughs) If you're not down with Drew, I'm not down with you. So Cleveland Rock. <laughs> Cleveland wow. Rock. Wow. Sounds like you're kind of a, a Drew. The extent a, of what I know. A Drew, a Drew head. head. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I follow. Drew Carey. Drew. Nice. That made so much more sense. <laughs> yeah, I followed him to Whose Line Is It Anyway? To Price is Right? Oh, I was about to say, what's he doing now? That's what Price he's doing Price is Right, now. yeah. Mm. Good for him. Keeping it alive. Good for him. 
So we're at this networking event and Terry is pretty clear about the fact that he doesn't care what someone's qualifications are. He just wants to base your worth on if you can have a conversation with this guy. Which honestly, I don't hate that. No, I hate that. Because... Because he's going to say misogynistic things and you're just going to have to like <laughs> like laugh at them. No, he's awful, but he likes Daria because she gives it right back to him. He's a little he's a little bit like sapiosocial. Like he likes when someone's smart. But you think in the adult world, you have to be smart and willing to put up with this bullshit. I think that... It, it like she will, got more of a pass. Well, like... He clearly didn't like Michelle because she was, like, visibly irritated with him. However, she's, like, incredibly smart, incredibly assertive. So that person who would be qualified for some sort of job isn't going to get it. But some someone else who, like, oh, laughs with his jokes gotcha. is going like to get the, a job over her. Right. It's like the go golfing with me. Yeah. Talk the talk. Yeah, I gotcha. Okay. But uh, Terry Barry Barlow wants to talk to Daria, and he says, Darlene, you're sharp. Let's go out on my balloon. But Jake's afraid of heights, but this is his chance for him to connect with Terry Barry Barlow. And we get a flashback to military school where Jake is left on the climbing rope by himself, and uh, that his dad said, don't even bother coming home. Well, now, technically, Jake and Daria both have a choice to make, because obviously, aside from like getting away from Quinn... One of the main reasons that Daria was interested in going is because there is a museum of oddities and she wanted to see it. Um, but tomorrow, like that, the next morning was going to be the only time that they could go to it. And Jake had already promised her that they'd go. But that's when Terry Barry Barlow's hot air balloon ride is. So, so they both have to figure out what they're going to do. And that's when they have their chat about their uh, father daughter relationship. Do you remember when Daria said something about six and a half feet and Jake was like, oh, God. No, that's when I looked at you because I think I was very uh, distracted. But that's when I looked at you and I was like, what was that? Yeah, I didn't understand what he thought she was talking about. Anyway, I thought you might know. Whatever. Um, Is it because I'm good at math? No, he seemed freaked out. Like, are you talking about your dick size? No, I think it's like that's how far off the ground you'd be or something. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Six and a half foot long dick? That's really long, Laura. I don't know. It's been a minute. <laughs> no, Laura, that's like really tall. I don't tall. know. It's been a minute. I don't think that that's possible. Laura, <laughs> no. So now we're back at the sleepover and Sandy and Quinn both, both wake up from these horrifying dreams in which they get their hair chopped up from the other person and uh they both pop up and have this like moment where they're both feeling vulnerable but they have to lie to the other person about what their nightmare was about i was just thinking that it's probably so hard to be friends with a person that you see every day and you're around all the time but you have a rivalry with and like clearly loathe or clearly are attracted to I don't know. There's something about that look. They each had a private interior moment after they told each other what their nightmares were about, which Quinn said that hers was about someone hurting puppies. And Sandy said hers was about orphans needing ankle boots. 
And then they had this moment that was sort of like, oh, like they were clearly bummed about something. And it just felt like they wanted to connect. Yeah. Like they, they wished that yeah. they could be on the same side or the same bed, perhaps. Yeah. They both have their guard up so much where I don't even think we've seen a real moment between the both of them. Well, and also before they went to bed, they were doing the thing where it's like Sandy was like, I hope I don't scare you in the morning. Like they're like they both talking about how bad they're going to look in the morning. And it was almost like that thing where teen girls will find new ways to be competitive with one another. Like I remember in high school, girls would never talk about farting with each other or like especially in front of boys. And then one of the popular girls at my school started talking about like, oh, I fart all the time. I fart like 30 times a day. And then all these popular girls were like, oh my God, I fart so much. Like it became a point of like... Everyone has IBS. (laughs) Right. Or just trying to like one up someone in like like how cool and comfortable i am with it like it was going to the opposite extreme um i actually think 30 times a day is an average for a a healthy human really well i looked it up when i was in high school because i was like what is happening i think that's if you are a smoker you drink a lot of coffee and eat a lot of bananas yeah which honestly iced coffee especially in prep school i feel like there were a lot of cigarettes and a lot of coffee So that would make sense. I didn't discover coffee until like after college. I I went to high school with like 15 year olds who had already gone through recovery for like drug use. Oh my God. They were on like the accelerated life plan. Wow. Yeah, it was weird. Scary. Yeah. So they decide to go to the hot air balloon and, uh, Jake is kind of uh, nervous about going on this hot air balloon, and, and Daria doesn't want to. And uh, Have you Terry. ever been on a hot air balloon? I haven't. Have you? No, but I was supposed to. My um, junior year of college, my first girlfriend um, on my birthday surprised me with a hot air balloon ride over New Mexico. We got up super early to go, um, and we got to the sort of launch field and it turned out to be too windy. So they they didn't trust it. But it was so funny because that's an example of, of like one of the moments where my mom like knew but didn't know that I was yeah, dating this like, person. I'm going on a hot air balloon with my friend. Well, also they knew that she was an out lesbian and mm. that we were best friends and hung out constantly. And like, you know, I, re- I remember that day they called me for my birthday and they're like, what? You know, what have you been up to? And I was like well, Alicia's bringing me on a hot air balloon ride. Like, just a normal thing to do with your friend on your birthday who's a lesbian who you bring home every summer. (laughs) Yeah. So Terry is, like, trying to make them feel, like, he's like, do you think that I didn't get to where I am without guts? Like, I got to where I am. By having guts. And it's so clear that he hasn't realized that he got to where he is. Like, he didn't... I don't think he really had to be that daring to, like, get to where he is. One of those cases, I believe, where he was born on third base, but he thinks he hit a triple. You know what I mean? Sure do. You know I love those baseball metaphors that also expose our systemic oppression. (laughs) And classist strata. 
And nothing better than America's favorite pastime. Mm. To prove your point, like like they're there with the professional balloonist who would be the one who would keep them safe. And then when he bails, Terry's sort of like, well, I guess I'm going to bail too. Like he, on some level, he knows like that he's somewhat impotent, but puts up a front. With that six and a half feet. <sighs> hey. If you got it, flaunt it. But Daria leaves her dad and Terry before that happens. And Jake accidentally flies up uh, with the balloon into a tree. And I feel like this episode just ended way too weird and abruptly. Like, I don't know. I thought that, like, this episode would have Jake... Maybe I'm misremembering it, but for some reason I thought that Jake was going to, like, stick up... Like, was going to stick up for Daria to Terry and be like, you're being a dick to my kid. And, like, that's how he and, and Daria bond. But that's not what he did at all. He was like still doing this to impress this guy and was going to not go to the museum with his daughter, who he promised it to, like effectively not bonding with his daughter at all and kind of choosing his career over it. And so it was just like this really weird ending that... And there was no like Quinn and Helen bonding. No, no, It just ended her still with the really sad note of asking teenagers for love advice. Yeah, it was just a little bleak. And, you know, things obviously don't need to end perfectly, but I feel like... But especially for an episode calling itself human bonding, it was really about the opposite. It was about all of us being islands, while it's about loneliness even when you're surrounded by others. Wow. Yeah, it's rough. It's like being on the field, but still feeling like you're the only one on the field. Hmm. Play ball. Yeah, you majored in poetry, right? I certainly did. <laughs> I didn't major in improvised poetry. Poetry, no, of course poetry not. takes time. You got to sit down with it and you know think of every particular word and the way that it's felt. You got to get that meter. Got to get that meter. Mm-hmm. Got to get a, a good spondy, a good dactyl. <laughs> Them. Yeah, I also love that those are two characters. That was me. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's great. Cool. I like that. They haven't made it into the show yet. No. Well, they, they might be in the background. Well, we didn't die. I mean, we didn't get to where we are without guts. Yeah, and clearly I need to come up with a better game plan for potential intruder because... Listening back to that terror, like that was not a good man in a storm scream. That was I. I like smacked my shin so hard on your on your coffee table. Like I'm gonna, it's gonna bruise. I will say one thing about Terry Berry Barlow, which is that I would go to Alligator Alley. Oh yeah, his themed restaurant. Yeah, I'd, I'd be into that. Sounds a little Rainforest Cafe ish. Big fan of RC. Yeah. I can get behind it. Have you had their coconut shrimp? Then don't talk. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sicker Sadder World. Thank you for saving our lives. Yeah, we couldn't have done it without you all. If you would like to follow us in the various places, we are on Twitter at Sicker Sadder. 
We are on Patreon at Sicker Satter World. We have a website, sickersatterworld.com. And um, we're around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't go popping up out of the window next to my office. But, yeah, um, please do not do that. Especially not while we're recording. Or maybe especially when we... No, I'm not going to invite that. But yeah, it's been a pleasure being with you this evening. Appreciate you. Stay safe and always carry pepper spray, I guess. No, actually, that's usually it's used against the victim. Really? Unless you have the element of surprise, which normally won't be the case if you're in a position of having to use it, then it's more often used against the victim because if someone can overpower you, they will use it against you and then it's easier for them to per- perpetuate violence upon you. You've given me a lot to think about. <laughs>